What are we saying? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, my goodness. The implications are staggering. Thinking about the extent of fatherlessness, the impact of fatherlessness, as I stated, more likely to be poor, more likely to drop out of school, more likely children to be involved in a violent crime, young men, more likely to struggle with drug and alcohol abuse when a daddy's not there. Daddy taught me about sex. Daddy taught my brother and I about son concerning drugs and alcohol, everything, moderation. But it is a fact, guys, when daddy's not there, thinking about this, girls more likely to be pregnant as a teenager. We can come up with all of the thoughts that take place when a daddy's not there. But we must cut off the curse. That's why I use the title, or the land will be cursed. It is a fact that God's biblical principles line up. As we line up, we will be blessed in obeying the word of God. I don't care how brilliant you are, we must cut off the curse. We must stop it. But number one, you see right there in the outline there, we inspire and equip men to be involved fathers. I'm not just talking about in the hood, as they say, down here in South Central and all the other places, but right here in you all's nice community. You can have the nice, sleek automobiles. You can have the finest homes. You can have the large bank account. But if you are not involved in your children's lives, and as it states here, we inspire and equip. You all, we want to let folks know being a father is not El Nerdo. Being a father, come on, guys, listen to me. You're supposed to be excited. You're not supposed to walk around like you're baptizing lemon juice. And you're not supposed to be like, yes, I'm a father. Yeah, I'm a dad. Daddy goes to work, comes home, sits in his recliner, reads his newspaper, never sees daddy kiss mom, never see mom and dad hug, never see mom and dad communicate, this type of thing. That's why we have dysfunctional relationships. That's why America's struggling, because they need to see it. One thing I love about having these big lips and all that, I let chance see that mom and dad and we hug. And do you know what happens? You all tell me what happens when you hug your bride in front of the children when they're little. What do you think they do? They come right there. They want to get in between you when you do it. That's what chance, even at 12. And sometimes he said, oh, dad, stop. He wants to say stop because inside something's going on. And this time, dad, I'm 12. I'm not even supposed to like girls yet. I said, son, that little girl that's in your class that's smart and she always hits you. Oh, dad, she doesn't like me. I said, she likes you, man. That's why she punches you and this type of thing. You know what I mean? But anyway, I said, but one day, I said, in a few years, son, you're going to chase her down the hall just to say hi to her. You're going to start putting on cologne just to impress her and all of this. But anyway, but we inspire and equip. We have research. We have all of the resources, also the programs and training. I wish I had all the time to share with you about the National Center for Fathering. But write down the word. It's right down your bulletin, www.fathers.com. Go there and find out how to be a better dad. Get the free weekly email. But it is a fact, whatever situation you're in, divorce, uh, traveling dad, non-custodial, whatever, grandfather like me, we have the information there. So go there. I can't share all of it today in one setting. But also, be under point number one, and that is this. Every child.
a father, grandfather, or father figure in their lives. Even if there's not a dad there physically in the home, believe it or not, ladies, I challenge you, if you're a single mom today, that's why these guys are sitting here today. These gentlemen with gray hair, some of them, their hair's already gone and all of that. They look like Michael Jordan, but they're not trying to. But it is. It's not there. But I challenge you to get with these older men in this church, men that have been around the block. Even if you are a father here, that you were not fathered. I pray that you would find an older man to literally challenge you and you listen to him and he can be a father figure to you. I have fathers in my life now. My natural dad's gone, but there are other men that are in my life. Every child needs a father, father figure, a grandfather in their lives. Now, number two, listen to this right here. We have found through research of thousands of dads, three things come out. Three things come out of our research of thousands of dads. And number one, and the points will flash up here in just a moment, and that is this right here. A good dad is loving. A good dad is loving. He loves the child, and he loves the child's mother unconditionally. Even if he's divorced or whatever, he still loves the child's mother, does not belittle her. This is what came out of our research of thousands of dads, is that they're loving, in fact. But I think about the verse there in loving, John 15 and 9, and it states right here, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Men, we must love our children unconditionally. You must love the child's mother and to show that love unconditionally. A while back, and I remembered young Chance, he was about 10 years of age at the time, but I think about how he came to me. And he said, Daddy, Marcellus likes football. You like football. I don't like football, Dad. And I'm like, son, you, you're going to strap on something and hit something. I, <laughs> you know. But anyway, he was about 10 years of age then, but he said, I don't like football. And a few days later, I took him with me because we trained the Kansas City Chiefs and other NFL teams. We speak to them about fathering. Those gentlemen, believe it or not, with the Kansas City Chiefs last year, five players preseason came to me before they played the New England Patriots. And they were crying and had tears in their eyes. And I'm asking them, like, what's going on? What's wrong? And they're crying because their daddies, they were never there came into their lives when they became millionaires and playing with the Chiefs. The mother struggled to raise them. Now the daddy shows up. They have a father wound. That's what we call it. And they were literally, they had anger in their hearts because daddy was not there. But then they're mad, but on the other token, they want the blessing from their father. They want a man to say, I love you, son. And that's what we get to do many times with these players. But my son, Chance, goes with me to speak to the Chiefs. These big players, one of them came up to him. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's like, Chance, you're going to play football with the Chiefs one day and all this? And Chance is an honest 10-year-old. He looked at him, no, I don't like football. I'm not going to play football. <laughs> you know. And I'm like, son, don't do that. This is daddy's job, son. <laughs> they pay us money to do this. But anyway, don't you like getting that we and all that you play with? But anyway, a <clears throat> few days after that, came to me again. He looked me right in the eye, and he didn't move his eyes. 
And he said, Daddy, do you still like me and love me, although I don't like football? He really wanted to know because he sees the stuff in the house with all the memorabilia that my bride put up in our Carolina room out there in Kansas, if you will. We're thinking about it, and he's thinking, do I have to be just like Pop and play ball? But I said, son, if you never touch a ball, it's okay. You're my seed. I love you. His grandfather loved me unconditionally. When I didn't do well as a little boy, when I ran the wrong play or fumbled the ball, Daddy was there. And he let me know you can get back in the game. And that's why I wrote a book. And when y'all leave here today, it's out there in the back. And I want all of you to buy the book, Championship Fathering, How to Win at Being a Dad. I don't want to take any of the books back to Kansas City. But what am I saying? Daddy loved me. That came out of research, is that they're loving. That's point number one. Through the research, it comes out every time. Thinking about this, loving, but also they're coaching. A good dad loves, and he also, he coaches his children. And as it states in Proverbs 22 and 6, and then Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6 and 7, it says this, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he would not depart or turn from it. My daddy schooled me when I was a little boy. Oh, had the wisdom. Was not perfect. By the way, guys, there are no perfect dads. The guy standing before you today, CEO stands for Chief Encouragement Officer. I came to encourage you today. No perfect dads. It's okay, guys. You're El Nerdo. Your body looks different now. You drop the ball. You don't always keep your promises. My dad didn't either. But I love it because he could say, I'm sorry, son. And I get to do that with chance. And I say, and he comes to me sometimes, and this is our deal. He says, Dad, forehead, and I got this big forehead. It gets bigger every year because your hair moves back. I'm still trying to wear this hair, dude, and it used to be down here, but it moves all the way back. But that's okay. You know, work with it, you know. It's fine. But anyway, but I love it because he says forehead, and he comes, and he kisses me on this big forehead. And I kiss him on his forehead as well. That's our deal. But then we look at each other. But anyway, but I have to coach him along and I need to train him. But it says in Deuteronomy here, these commands that I give you today are to be upon your heart. Notice he says heart again. God knows what he's saying when he spoke to these 40-some art authors to share the word of God. He inspired them. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Oh, I love it. Because Dad used to say, it's in the book, y'all. Get the book in here, read about it or whatever. He used to say, come on, boys, let's take a drive. That's when he would drive us in the car. And he says, guys, you know, even sex. And he would talk to us about sex. And my brother and I looking at each other like, what is Dad? What is he saying? You know what I mean? He said, men? He said, boys? Even sex, God made it, but you can't do it all the time. And we're sitting there looking at each other as young teenagers and 12. And we're sitting there, well, from what we've heard, it's supposed to do it all. It's so much fun. True story. But he made it plain. Then he would change the subject and go to something else. And we're waiting for the next part. But he made us hungry. He used teachable moments when we would walk by the way when we would be tucked in at night, that's when I talked to Chance. 
And when I tuck Chance in and all of that, and he says, Dad, lay down with me. And I lay down. He said, get on the, he said, no, Dad, go get the Cheez-Its and all that. And I get the Cheez-Its and we talk in the bed. I said, son, we could get in trouble, man, because you've already brushed your teeth. And he's like, Dad, talk to me. About that time, we hear a knock on the door, and it's his mother. I said, Chance, we're in trouble, man. But she walks in. She has a big bowl of hot popcorn. She said, I know what you all are doing. I'm going to help you do it right. But anyway, and this type of thing. And so, yeah, and, and she's that way. But what are we saying? And they coach us. They are aware of their children. They're involved in their lives. You get down on their level. You look them in the eye. All this is in the book. And you relate to your child and you listen to them. You do not talk as much as I'm talking today. But they really want, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And Chance wants to know that I care for him. But I think of young Chance, and it's such a blessing. But as I coach him and I read, I got all these Chance stories. Now I know why God gave him to me, even all these years later. Now I'm CEO at the National Center for Fathering. He keeps my fathering fresh. But read to your children. Every morning when I'm in town, I read a proverb to Chance. Get that wisdom. He comes and sits on my lap, and he listens to me read a proverb to him. God said, don't explain it, just read it. I read it to Chance. And one day a while back, I said, Chance, why do you like to sit on Daddy's lap? And he said, it's because you are warm. And it gets cold in Kansas City. But then he said, I feel safe, I feel secure. But then he said, and I like to smell your coffee breath. <laughs> true story, true story. You all, I share with you, crawl in God's lap every morning. And get so close that you can smell his breath. You will know how to love your bride. You will know how to love your husband. You will know how to love your children. You will know how to love that person on your job that's unlovable. And even when the world hates you, you will know how to love. They will know that you are a Christian by your love. Not all of your titles and lofty positions, but by your love. And I must coach chance accordingly, but we must move along here. But the third thing that came out of the research, loving coaching, but, but then modeling. And it states in John chapter um, 5 and verse 19 in your bulletins, I think it says 15 or whatever. But John chapter 5 and verse 19, it says, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. Jesus is and was God's son. He learned from his father. Even when he received the instructions to die for you and for me, he was doing what his father shared with him to do compassion, love. But son, I must give you a way to the world that's sinful, lying, cheating, adulterous, you name it. But son, I've taught you, you must go do what I ask you to do. And he modeled that love and his son died for you and for me. But I'm thankful that it needs to be modeled. That's what an effective, a good dad does. He doesn't just preach it. 
a sermon, but he's being one. I can say all I want to, and my son Chance, I have all these stories, and he hears me preach and all of that, but that's okay. But the greatest thing I can do is to be a man of God, a husband, and a father. And I want to let you know, even if you are divorced or whatever situation you're in, you can still do it and be involved in your children's life. They know what day it is. They know mom and dad struggle. They know we're not perfect. But they want to see that dad is going to be committed to them and to God and to uh, my fellow man. And they're watching more than sometimes they hear, but we must model it. I was playing golf a few years back at a nice golf course, Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. I was dressed real nice. It's a real nice course. I don't like playing golf, but I have to hit that ball and chase that little white thing around. It won't stay where I want it to stay and go and all of that. But I look nice, and if you looked at me on the course, you would think, he must really know how to play golf. Look at the way he's dressed. (laughs) You know, but anyway, I'm there, and I get my clubs one day early in the morning, and I'm getting my clubs. But then here's a gentleman that gets out of a nice, sleek automobile. He comes over. He said, sir, would you get my clubs for me? (laughs) He thought I was a caddy and all that, and I just smiled. And the people at the golf course, they just knew I was going to sue the whole place and own the golf course. (laughs) Get some money and send it to Bel Air and everywhere. Everybody gets paid. But here's the thought, though. And I smiled and said, he's the CEO of the National Center for Fathering. And my friend said, Kerry, why didn't you tell him who you are? Why didn't you tell him your title? Why didn't you tell him you did this or that? And, And I just smiled. And the reason why is that I saw my daddy who was in Washington years ago when Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. My daddy was there when I was eight years of age. Dr. King, when he shared that day, he wasn't just talking for all the rights for races and all of us to come together. He was talking about his children. He was a father. That's why he said, I hope I live in a country one day where my children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Character. Christ relationship with him. That's why my dad went there. Wasn't a black thing, wasn't a white thing, Hispanic, Vietnamese, I mean Native American, Asian or whatever. They knew who they were. But dad would look at me and when they called him the N-word, but dad would look at me as a little boy and he said, well, son, evidently they don't know my name. He knew who he was. I ask you the question today. Do you know who you are? In Christ, you're a new creation. Old things passed away. Yes? (laughs) New creation passed away, but all things become new. Even if you're old and when you become a Christian, you're brand new. Even if you walk slow, With a walker, you become a Christian, brand new. You have a rhythm that you did not have before you became a Christian. But model it. Don't just talk it, but loving, coaching, and modeling. Oh, my goodness, I got to go here. I'm looking at my clock here. But I think about it. But loving, coaching, and modeling. But not only that, but a good dad encourages another child. 
a child that doesn't have a daddy in your neighborhood, in the schools, they're there to encourage another child. And I thank God for the verse there in James chapter 1 and 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in your church, in this community, that's what we want. It's not just about my children, in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world, being a man of God, encouraging children, just like my next-door neighbors, and we're the first African-Americans to move to our neighborhood. But where did we move? Right next door. Gail has Ryan, Kyle, and Brett. Their daddy left when they were little boys. But guess who their daddy, their father figure is? The colored dude next door. With, I'm sorry, what are we calling ourselves? African-American <laughs> with the big nose. I kissed their forehead, and they called me Daddy. You know why? You know why? God puts it in a child to want to call a man Daddy, I didn't do it, you didn't do it, God innately put it in a child. He put it in a man's heart that even runs from his responsibility. Deep within, it's still there. You cannot run from it. But I thank God that we must model it, yes, but then encourage another child. But then as we close, and that is this right here, a good father. A good dad enlists other dads. Men, you don't do well by yourself. I love watching The Lone Ranger. I even have old DVDs of The Lone Ranger. But even The Lone Ranger had a homeboy named Tonto. Is that his name? I think it was. But anyway, what should we do? King Osabi, and they talk and they visit. Kept each other out of trouble. Men, you don't do well with your money, with your car, with your titles. You got to have a testimony. If you're going to finish strong and have a great testimony, you need to enlist other dads to be championship fathers. I didn't mention it at the first service, but there are 65 million fathers in America. We're out to get to 10%. I matriculated at North Carolina. I do not do math real well because I know at UCLA and University of Southern California, you have great math courses and you're very bright and you use that two and a half pound sponge in your skulls called a brain, in essence, your mental skies. But I think about this though. I understand from 65 million, if you get to 10%, you will in fact get to 6.5 million dads. And the point I'm trying to make is if we get to 10%, that is in essence 10% of the 100%, so you got 90% that's out there. But I understand if you do something positive, the tipping point, you read the book, The Tipping Point, if you go to The Tipping Point and think about getting that 10% to be championship fathers, daring to be different, in essence, they are loving, they're coaching, they're modeling, encouraging another child and enlisting other dads. And when you change those men and they become new creations, and they love the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they love the Lord Jesus Christ, they are brand new. They're not acting old. They're moving fast even when they're old. But the point I'm making is when you get to that 10% and then you have 6.5 million, then 
you can influence the other 90%, believe it or not. And then when you had that 90% acting like these, oh, but anyway, what are we saying? You can go to fathers.com slash CF and sign up and be a championship father because I want you to be six, part of the 6.5 million. Don't sit around and blame and complain, but be a man of God. In essence, encourage another father, enlist other dads, and be a championship father. And as it states right here, as I come to a close in Proverbs 27, 17, and it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You cannot sharpen yourself by yourself. You must have other men that come alongside and let you know that if you really want to be cool, if you really want to be hip, if you really want to move in the groove, you got to have a shirt like my brother right here. You see what I'm saying? Check him out. This is the way you dress, man. Take that tie off, man. Relate. But what am I saying? In sharing with your brothers, being there for one another as I do close, and I've shared that three times, but as we do close today, I want to let you know this right here. The greatness of all of this, loving, coaching, modeling, encouraging, and enlisting, sharing the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, go buy the book and get the rest of the story. But I want to let you know this, you all. The reason why this great church with Pastor Mark, all of you that are here today, the reputation that you have. I don't know if you Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, or whatever, but I want to let you know this. Fat boy Buddha died of the Buddhist faith, did not get back up. Mohammed of the Islam faith, yes, I'm not belittling them, but religion is nothing but man's mere search for God. I'm talking about a relationship. I'm talking about the, well, listen to this. Fat boy Buddha died. I think about Muhammad. Died. Did not get back up. You can talk all the other homeboys that died. Did not get back up. But in the Greek, the kerygma, Jesus Christ, yes, lived, died. But on the third day, on the third day, on the third day, Day. One, two, three. not the fourth, not the fifth. They put him in a borrowed tomb, rolled a stone in front of the tomb, had Roman soldiers to stand in front of the tomb and to guard the body. But all of them went to sleep at the same time. And the stone rolled away. He got up, yes, on the third day and declared that all power in heaven and in earth are in his hands. And because of that, he's the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's the beginning and the end the Alpha and the Omega. He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You don't have peace in your home? Love the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll give you a peace that will surpass all understanding when everything else is topsy-turvy or going crazy and confusing in your life. Christ loves you. Father God, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. 
And Lord, even as I get excited because of who you are and for what you've done in my life personally, I pray, Lord God, that you would lead these, your children, that may not know you today, into a relationship with you. The ones that do love you, Lord, let them know, dear God, that you give them a joy that surpasses all understanding. May we take that which we have learned today and to go live it, O oh Lord. But we bless you, Father, as we peeped at the last page. And we understand, O oh Lord, that we win. We bless you, we praise you for the words that you have blessed us to share. We thank God for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.